Well, hello, hello to everyone. Welcome back, Jade. And today we are here to talk about the power of discipline in recovery, how to stay strong and focused. What a mouthful for me. <laughs> but first of all, welcome, Jade. It's always such a pleasure to, to see you and to have you back in this space. How have you been? Thank you. It's great to be back. I've been really wonderful. Um, I feel like this time of year, it has a good energy. It's really cold in Australia. It's probably warmer. You know, overseas, everyone's got their singlets and shorts on. I see in their little Instagram pictures and stories and our clients showing up in their group calls all like summer tanned and whatnot. And even though it's cold and cozy, I feel like it's such a good time to be pondering like new programs and new ways to help everybody. And I don't know, I'm just very, I'm feeling very excited today, Claudia. I feel very excited as well. I love this weather. It really suits with my lifestyle, with the person that I am. And uh, we are just very late for this live video because we were thinking and brainstorming. <laughs> we got too passionate. <laughs> yeah. For our audience in this space and also in the Czech community. And the Czech community has been such a, a beautiful environment to be in lately because we have seen so many successful stories. Uh, we have also noticed a lot of women uh, managing to get through roadblocks where they have been stuck in for the longest time. Uh, we have women doing their own, their own challenges and they are supported by the, the group. So it, it's such a pleasure to see really women coming together, blooming and supporting each other and really cheering each other up. Uh, have you noticed that as well, Jane? Yeah, it's been such a chatty space in the HA community. And just to clarify, if you're unsure, the HA community is separate from the Recover from HA page. Right. I only say that because I get quite a few like DMs being like, but I'm already in the community. I'm like, oh, hang on. No, that's our private consulting group. So they're women that are engaging in our one-on-ones and our group calls. And yeah. So if you're like, I don't get the chatter, it's always chatty. That's in our, <laughs> that's our other private group, but both groups are wonderful, but that's the one we're referencing. Um, yeah. Everyone seems really motivated. The fear foods are taking a huge like tackle they're being smashed by so many of the ladies and uh so many smiling faces which has been really wonderful like you know I ate the pasta I had the croissant I, I ate breakfast you know it's um it's it's really good and we've had a lot of chat on body image I feel like that's probably the theme of this month about okay we're seeing changes but how do we embrace them versus just looking and hiding from the mirror um, which is really, really powerful. Perhaps there's something in, a, in that conversation for us another time. But um, yeah, big, big progressions yeah. being made. Last book call went on for approximately 90 minutes and we simply discussed body image because everyone was really resonating with that message. Um, and honestly, Jade, I wish that when I was going through my recovery journey, I uh, had found a space like the HA community uh, because it's such a small environment where everyone gets to know each other and the, the two of us are always there to support them. And plus lately, we also have Lucy that she was part of the period comeback program and the community she managed to get her periods back and now she's teaching yoga classes for the women in the community for free yes. how cool <laughs> is that yeah and I think it's so much more exciting when it's like coming from someone who's walked the walk or like been in those shoes um because a lot of feedback we get from the yoga and pilates is women trying to all right I, I want to get away from the gym and running but I want to do yoga and pilates but you know, I don't want to be looking at these bodies that are really lean and abby because it kind of makes me feel crappy while I'm doing my practice. Um, 
And I feel like finding the right people who fall in line with your values and can motivate you to take the path that you're undertaking at the moment. And Lucy is such a wonderful example of that. Like she's living the life that she wanted six months, a year ago when she first started speaking to us. And now she's leading a pack of women who are desiring the same thing she once did. So I think that's just really beautiful in itself and energetically adds something else to the practice. Yeah, and it's very reassuring when it comes to from a woman that didn't have a period and had her own restrictive behaviors and she managed to overcome them. And as I said, that she is a very nurturing presence. And for all of you that are interested, uh, we did a live a couple of months ago and you can find it on the Recover from HA Support Group. And I think that she also did a podcast with you just last month, if I'm up and coming yes it's been a little bit tricky to catch each other but you're right she she is a beautiful soul so anyone who happens to listen to that live you've previously done or joined in on the youtube will know that she's um she's a special woman and here we are once again chatting about everything and everything <laughs> but today it's uh, the main focus of this conversation is that the power of discipline in recovery so how about jay that you love um you tell us what it means to be disciplined in recovery and how discipline can be a friend and a foe at the same time. Yeah, I love this conversation because I feel like discipline can be the little trickster when it comes to us making progress in our recovery. And I guess to add a little context, it's quite common I have women come and describe themselves as undisciplined. Like whatever I set out to do, I make sure I do it. And that's incredible right? That's a really powerful thing to know about yourself. But where it becomes detrimental, I guess, is when you think you're being disciplined when you're actually a slave to rules. Yeah. Right. So what I mean by that is you might go, I'm super disciplined because I meal prep every single meal. I weigh and measure every single meal. I go to the gym six days a week. I rest on seven days. I do my meditation, my journaling. I work full time. Like I do all of the things. But even though you're doing all the things, they're not actually complementing the healing path that you're on. So when you're looking at discipline and you're applying it to HA recovery, it's actually, okay, well, I might meal prep. That's wonderful. But am I meal prepping meals to suit my HA recovery? Like if they've spoken with you, Claudia, and you've said, hey, we need to level up the protein. We need to add in some more carbohydrates. You need to, you know, reduce the roughage of your salads and veggies and instead bulk up on the other things. Okay, you've had that great feedback. Fantastic. Discipline is actually applying what you've now been told and practicing it all the time. Obviously, it's not as simple as, oh, I've been told what to do. I'm just going to do it 24-7. But discipline is going, okay, I've been given this new key to my success. Increasing the volume of my food every meal seems a bit much, but I'm definitely ready to do every single breakfast for seven days. Once I've done that, I'm going to do breakfast and lunch, and then I'm going to do breakfast and dinner. So discipline is learning something new that you need and then applying it so that you can get your desired result. The trickster in it is when you're going, I'm so disciplined because I meal prep, but you're meal prepping for a past goal, which was perhaps to lose weight, uh, get shredded, um, you know, facilitate something that's in that HA or, or eat a word. Like I, I don't eat carbohydrates. Like I'm the person who doesn't do that, right? So it's not really discipline if it is 
sacrificing your health. Yeah. I'm going to pause and <laughs> leave some room for question. Because discipline could have such a negative connotation because could be connected with weighing yourself, weighing the foods, um, making sure that you run the 5Ks before 5 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, as you said, the discipline could be a superpower uh, because if you really focus your attention on the things that can be helpful to get the period back and to let go of disorder behaviors, um, it, it is a superpower. And something, and I think that in the HR community, we call discipline as the non-negotiable, that it has a much softer um, connotation, right? So the non-negotiable are the, the things that normally we invite women to do every single day to get one step closer to their goals. Um, both you and I, we are not big fan of a cookie cutter solution, meaning that we always like to have a customized approach for all the beautiful women that work with us. So when we speak about the non-negotiables, they're not really having breakfast uh, before 8 a.m., doing 30 minutes of yoga um, every single day instead of going for a run and adding olive oil to your salad. They are normally very customized. And we, most of the time we try to um, make sure that is the woman that comes up with her own non-negotiables. Mm -hmm. Come up with what's important to you and something that you really want to do is so much easier, so much easier to actually stick to it. And uh, it's also a quick way for a woman to step in her own power and decide uh, what are the deciding factors in her uh, recovery and what she's willing to do. Obviously, the non-negotiables always change throughout the recovery journey and something that may feel extremely hard in the beginning normally feel pretty simple after three months within the program. Mm -hmm. and I love when we have women that just get started, they jump on the first call or they jump on the first one-on-one -on -one sessions and they say, I cannot do this. I cannot give up that, that, that. I cannot have that in the morning. And then after three months, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, of course I, I didn't do that. And instead I had a wonderful breakfast and I had the best time of my life and um, it felt so freeing. And we keep witnessing this moment. And it's a, it's a beautiful moment because women don't sometimes believe in their own power. They don't believe in their own worth and their own abilities to actually change their lives in such a small time frame. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that, Jane? Yeah, and I think that's why we tend to advocate for not trying to predict what the end looks like, but instead just trying to predict what your next 24 hours is going to look like. Because when we try and think about this future version of ourselves that's got the food freedom, that's got the exercise freedom, that's spontaneous and fun and all those sorts of big words that tend to be key points of conversation, it's, it's not uncommon for women's brains to kind of rattle and go, oh, my gosh, I, I just don't even know what that, that could possibly be like and that's just not in my personality and I just I can't do it. And it's because you kind of, uh, you know, if you're training for a marathon, you're not just going to go try and run 20 or half marathon, 20 Ks. You're going to start around the block, around two blocks, and you're slowly going to build. And when you think about the way you began your training journey, your dieting journey in the first place, it's the same way you should begin your HA journey, which is small tweak, small tweak, small tweak. And then all of a sudden you look back and go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm doing something I never thought I could. And it, it really does happen that subtly. Um, 
when we do the the mindset coaching calls, I always like to encourage women to use a, a confidence scale when they're deciding what their next step is, because and and a confidence scale, one is absolutely no chance in hell I'm going to do it. Like no, ten is ah oh, that's so easy. Like I could do it right now. Right. So when you're trying to think about what your next progression is, you want to try and actually make it between a seven and a ten, preferably a seven and a nine, because if you make it a little bit too tricky, you might go, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, and then you never do it. And then you lose confidence from that because, oh, gosh, I couldn't even do whatever. But if you also make it too easy, which is why you want to try and avoid a 10, it takes away from the confidence you could build by acting on something you thought was going to be challenging. So whenever you're looking at adding in a new food behavior, a new training behavior, a new a mindset, you really want to try and base it on that scale so that it's appealing enough that you're willing to do it within the time frame you say, tomorrow, tonight, this morning, in an hour. But it's challenging enough that when you do it, you can still give yourself a pat on the back and not go, oh, well, it doesn't count because it wasn't hard. It sounds really basic. But it's really, really important to use the scale because if it's too easy, you're not going to feel good about it. And if it's too hard, you're never going to do it. Yeah. And I love the confidence scale because that's something that I actually used this morning. And I was on, on a consultation with a client and I said, so how willing uh, are you to actually stick to, to the things that we just spoke about? Because as you mentioned, it's very easy to say to someone, just go out and have breakfast and stop training. But if that's their identity, if that's what they have been doing for more than 10 years, uh, it's not going to be an easy change. And there is going to be a gap that needs to be replaced. So going back to the call this morning, I said, so how confident are you on a scale of one to 10? And that beautiful woman said seven. And my question was, how can we make it into an eight? Mm -hmm. And then I gave her a quite a powerful exercise that I've been used a lot in the, in the period of comeback protocol. And is to actually write down a few whys, meaning the reasons why someone wants to get the period back, wants to get um, free around foods, and to write them down at nighttime, just before going to sleep, and then repeat them the next morning. So the last thing that the subconscious brain absorb before going to sleep are the whys, the reasons why it's important to take actions. And is also the first thing that a woman does when she wakes up in the morning, and it's very powerful when it's done in front mm -hmm. of maybe when you're applying makeup or when uh, um, when you're seeing yourself reflected um, in a mirror. And then after that, after covering the whys, it's also important to come up with an action plan, meaning, okay, this is why it's important for me. So this is what I'm going to do today. This is my non-negotiable for today. So then I can be one step closer to that end goal that I was just discussing, for example, getting the period back, having a baby. And that's where discipline comes in, but discipline in, in a good way, you know, in a way that can yeah. be a journey. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like that, it sounds quite aggressive, but knowing the difference between discipline and being a slave to your rules, because yeah. discipline is the conversation you had with that lady this morning, and then her going, okay, I've made this plan with Claudia. I know exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. The discipline is doing it even when you feel resistance. That's discipline, right? Some people call it eating the frog, 
right? You just got to eat the frog. When you're a slave to your rules is when you feel like you have no choice but to do it, right? And it can mask itself as discipline because especially outsiders will be like, oh, wow, you get up at 5 a.m. to run 10Ks? Like, wow, you're so disciplined. But if you were told to, to stay in bed, you can't. Right. So it's not actually discipline that gets you out and running. It's the fact that you don't know how to cope without doing it. All right. And it's very important to be clear whether you're disciplined or whether you're in a rut because your rules are literally ruling you. I sorry, but I have to giggle because you said <laughs> frog, and that's normally that I say to my clients. And I make a difference like a joke between the frog and the Fredo frog because here in Australia the Fredo frog is like a chocolate frog and sometimes yeah. I, say, I ask them so what's the, the frog which kind of frog you're gonna eat today and which one is gonna be a Fredo frog <laughs> meaning yes <laughs> like the yummy yes what's the good to-do list versus the one that you're like choking down <laughs> Exactly. So how yeah. about we make sure that we have a Fredo frog during the day and at the same time you actually have a real frog at some point because that's going to help you to yeah, leap forwards. It's a... <laughs> what a beautiful metaphor. Um, and, uh, and that's exactly, it's very important as well because for example, with a woman, I, I go back to that conversation that I had just a few hours ago, which is why it's so fresh in my mind. When that woman told me my confidence scale, it's seven out of 10, I could actually see it in her eyes that it was more of a five and six. Mm. So what is an action that she can actually do that can make her leap forward? So writing down your whys, repeating your whys, that's very easy for someone that is disciplined because it's an action that can be done without too much fuss. But that's also a beautiful way uh, to retrain your subconscious mind through a the process that we all know as neuroplasticity. And if you retrain your language and your subconscious mind, then one day every single frog is going to be afraid of frog. Um, and that's our ultimate goal. And that's why we, we have weekly group calls because we are trying to find what's the afraid of frog for each and every one of the women in the community. Um, I'm thinking, what are, in, from your point of view, the things that women are more resistant to when they start working with us that they're more afraid of? Well, I think it's the collective of behaviours that could result in weight gain, right? Mm -hmm. It's always weight gain. That's the, that's the barrier. And the interesting thing about weight gain is, one, the belief of weight gain isn't necessarily accurate, Right, like there's that idea that if I make this particular change, everything is going to store as body fat, or I'm going to gain 10 kilos in two weeks, or um, I'm going to look like a puffer fish. And even though it can feel very real in that moment, like we, you and I have both been there, um, it's also important to know and call out on the fear and whether it's true, whether it's relevant. Like as an example, our ladies consult with you. They're getting expert nutritional advice on what they should be doing. If they're following your advice, you're not going to encourage them to turn into the elephant we're afraid of, right? You're not going to encourage them to gain 10 kilos in two weeks, mm -hmm. right? And that's a lot of the reason why women do see you for consult because it's like I I don't want to do too much I don't want to do not enough so can you just tell me this sweet spot 
of restoring my hormones and being okay. Um, but if you can be more logical or sensible about the side effects, let's call them, of your positive behaviours, I actually think that's more enticing to bring in the confidence to act. Like something as simple as knowing that some of the initial weight gain is going to go to all of the things that have been neglected for the last weeks, months, years, rather than body fat. That's really comforting. And it's the truth. Like no one's lying to you here. You might think that you're being lied to, but it's like, it's not a lie. Like your body's got a priorities list of what it needs to do before it stores body fat. Um, You would have these conversations all the time, Claudia. What are some of the like myths that pop up for you? Like women coming and going, oh my gosh, I'm just so scared of this happening or this happening or this happening. Well, you just said it out loud. It's that misconception that if they start working with with us, they will need to stop training and they will need to start eating junk food. And sometimes Mm -hmm. where is this coming from? Because I have no interest whatsoever in making a woman feel incredibly uncomfortable. That's not my end goal. And especially if that specific woman wants also to remain pregnant. So we're looking at recovery plus preconception. There is no way that I'm going to ask that person to sit in her couch and stuff her face with junk food. Also, Mm -hmm. it's not about gaining weight. It's about restoring weight, meaning getting back what it was never meant to be lost in the first place. Mm -hmm. About correcting nutritional deficiencies. It's about improving the gut health. It's about improving vitality and energy because it's easy. Um, it's easy to say I really want to remain this size, but I don't have a sex drive. I don't have energy to go to work. I'm always anxious. I'm infertile. And then, and I understand. I don't want to disregard that gaining weight can be scary for some women. But that's also why when you do it with the with the support of two professionals and a group of women, it gets so much easier. Because once that you start rediscovering yourself and you get that libido back and you can go out for pizza and yes, the jeans are getting tighter, but you can go on holiday without worrying about bringing the gym shoes and you can have the best time with the people that are around you. When you start like leaping out of bed, jumping out of bed in the morning instead of having a third coffee before leaving the house, maybe restoring your weight is going to be the last thing in your mind and yes it may feel strange and different especially in the beginning when there is lots of fluid retention but ultimately it's all about getting back to health so both you and I we're not interested in someone gaining 20 kilos for no reasons we can want that if it's not necessary and every every woman that we see we have a very customized approach. Some women need a couple of kilos. Some women need 10 kilos, but they are telling us how much they need. It's not us sitting in a pedestal telling them, okay, this is what you're going to eat because simply because it's written in the protocol. Full stop. No, it's about adjusting to their lifestyle, their disorder behaviors around food, body image, and training, and also finding the fray the frog <laughs> to get started with so they can leap forward and I'm done with the metaphors <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it but as you said with the training too like uh, obviously my my main focus is the mindset coaching but from a personal training perspective I am never trying to take away anyone's exercise it's more about like for the most part if I was to summarize it it's more going okay if you're an athlete 
how would you care for yourself? Right, you, you would have rest days because in order to perform, you need the rest. You would be eating appropriately because you want to perform and your training sessions would have a lot more strategy and a, a direction of where you're heading versus perhaps just doing a max calorie workout or a max hit workout or getting a, sweating as much as you can. It's like, okay, well, if you want to be athletic, let's do it in a way that facilitates health because clearly it's not right now. And then that deeper conversation comes, but I love health, I prioritize health. But if you think about health as what it really means, your body working together, doing all the functions and processes that it should be doing, it's not prioritizing health if your cycle is missing. Like you can't really have both, right? You can prioritize the look of health, right? How it's spoken about, how perhaps you appear, your behaviors, your habits, da 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 but if you're talking about a real definition of health, which is like lack of dis-ease, then you're not really pursuing it if you've got HA. Because that can be a little myth that we, like, and I, like I say, this is the person who did it. I, you know, I was the fitness girl, like I was shredded and I meal prepped and I trained all the time and I'm healthy. It's like, mm, no, you, you appear healthy. But again, language is key. Same as that, like discipline and slave to rules. It's like, are you actually healthy mentally, physically, spiritually? Or do you present as someone who magazines would describe as healthy? How your doctor might look at you and assume is healthy. All right, it's very canvas. It's not actual uh, holistic approach. And I also would like to underline that because health based on magazines most of the time is not really health mm. and so it's also very important to have a conversation around health what does health mean to someone because if the reproductive system digestive system has been completely shut down chances are that you're not that healthy and obviously guilty here because i used to survive on kale salad black coffee and heat training and i was very lean i had a six-pack and everyone thought that i was healthy but once again based on magazines that mm -hmm. don't represent the 99.9% of the population. Mm -hmm. So it's a, I think that it's really important to start from the core foundations. What does health mean? What does it mean for someone? What does it mean for me? To me, for example, it's having abundant energy and uh, to smile every single day from the bottom of, of my heart. So mm -hmm. how can I obtain that? Uh, what are my non-negotiables and obviously I'm not in the HA recovery any longer I got my my periods and I don't have to worry about it anymore but for example to me sleep making sure that my sleep routine is on point that after a certain amount a certain hour of the day I stop checking social medias that's gonna spike my happiness and my mental health incredibly mm -hmm. so once again What's the non-negotiable for someone that wants to get the period back, wants to start a family and wants to feel vital again? And what does it mean to feel and be healthy? I think that if we start with those very important questions, um, chances are that a woman is going to be able to recover much more than simply by reading an article that states, eat more, trend less. Yeah, it's useless. 
<laughs> like it's, it's a great summary. Like at the core, eat more, train less does summarize it really well. But the person who's going through HA, it's, it's like, thanks. Thanks. Tell me something that's actually helpful. Like I know I need to eat more, train less, but if it was that bloody simple, then I'd be doing it. Right. <laughs> um, and it's, because I feel like so many women are like, oh, like they, they almost stop themselves from trying to recover because, and that's, that statement is made with the best of intentions. Like it's a wonderful statement and it is accurate as true. But I feel at the same time, because it's so loaded with words that are intense to people that are vulnerable with their lifestyle at the moment, it also can present that like, oh, I just, I just can't, I just can't. I can't, I can't do both of those simultaneously instead of getting to the root cause of things, looking at belief systems, and then literally just like pacing one foot in front of the other until all of a sudden it's over. And you're like, oh, I'm doing other things. It's not even that accurate sometimes because for some women, it's enough to eat more and train less. But for other women, there is a stress component. Uh, there is a waiting period. Um, there are deficiencies. There are other um, diseases or situations going on at the same time. So that, that's really disheartening for someone that tried to fix herself to eat more, train less, gain the weight without seeing results. You know, no, you're so right. Like it's on the emotional stress front, like there is women in like uh, high-end corporate jobs who don't even exercise, who eat relatively well. They're sedentary 90% of the day because they're always on their computer and who have HA yeah. because mentally they are so stressed. So you're right. It's like eat more, train less. It's relative to some, but if you're looking at it from like as a whole, it's it's so much more, I'm going to say beautiful because the beauty in it is once you can identify what your trigger is for your HA, your whole life's going to change. Yeah. Like, like for the best, for the best way possible. Absolutely. And what about if you're anemic or if you have a thyroid condition or mm. anything else going on? And also when uh, when women join the, the, the protocol and they start working with you and they, they have conversations with us about how to look at life in general, how to speak to themselves in a different way that can increase the level of happiness from day one no matter what yeah. that can build up the resilience to stress immensely and they can actually start to have a different outlook of life without even changing anything but simply by talking to themselves in a different way yeah. and i honestly hands-on art i would just put my money just to get that kind of help without even getting the period back but by having mm -hmm. someone that's there for me, reassuring me, supporting me, and telling me a different story that I can still be happy without a period while I work to get my period back. Absolutely. But like, that's the key, isn't it? It's like so many women have this idea that I've got to grind my way through it. And like, you can, you can choose to grind, but it's much more fun if you can find the joy in everyday life and then your period actually ends up being the side effect versus... I'm just trying to get my period. I'm just trying to get it. I'm just trying to get it. I'm just trying to get it. And you kind of skip the joy because, and that's where like discipline is to our detriment. If you're disciplined enough to just do what you need to do, but you haven't done the, the emotional side of things, you'll get there. And then you hear the backlash effect of, I reverted back to my old behaviors because I couldn't handle, because willpower wears out. It, for everybody. And so many people are not going to like that statement because I know I hated it. 
back when I had different perceptions of things. But the reality is if your decisions are based on value systems, you don't need willpower because you're making choices based on what you value versus what's a rule. And life is actually a lot more pleasant when you can base your decisions on your values and your beliefs versus a rule book, which is quite cutthroat. Amen to that. I think that I'm not going to add anything more. <laughs> we have already been talking for more than half an hour, as usual, because we it's can. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Stop me, Claudia. <laughs> and if you want to hear the both of us chatting every single week, then, you know, reach out, join the HA community, jump on a call with us, uh, calls with us. The, the initial call is free just to gain some clarity on what is going on with you and just to really understand if we can help you out and if you're the right fit to join the HA community. Because I don't want to say that we are picky, but we want to make sure that people, women that can support other women become part of it. Because ultimately what we're trying to uh, to create is just a, a community. And that's why we call it the HA community. And so jump on a call with us. Find out if we are a match made in heaven. Surely Jade is my match made in heaven. And I'm so grateful every single day of my life because I've met you. Um, so I will see you back uh, in this space next month. And for now, thank you for being here with us today, Jade. Oh, I've loved every moment. Thanks so much, Claudia. And I'll see you next time. Bye, Jade.